0: Hello and welcome to season four of the Global Founders podcast. This is Drew Precious, Director of Communications at the Presidential Precinct. On Global Founders, you will hear from trusted voices who are working to further any of the precinct's six core focus areas. We hope that these conversations will spark new ideas, encouraging and empowering leaders in their work, ultimately moving us all towards the precinct's vision of thriving, just, and free societies worldwide. And now, on with today's episode. We're honored today to have uh, Ray and Toby here with us, both alumni of the Presidential Precinct, uh, Mandela Washington Fellowship alumni. Ray and Toby, thank you both for being here. Um, it's it's really an honor to have this conversation with you today.
1: It's my pleasure.
2: Thank you, Drew,
1: for having us. Thank you, Drew.
0: Sure, and I, I hear that today is Independence Day in Nigeria, so congratulations. And um, are, are, do you have big plans for, Any celebrations this afternoon and evening?
1: Oh, well, um, I think for me, I just would love to rest and and get my strength. Um, But the truth of the matter is, um, at the moment, it's just for for we Nigerians to just reflect through what we've been in the past one year. Just last year, we experienced revitalization in in October, following um, revelations of abuses of the special anti-robbery squad units, known as SARS, and um, there were mass demonstrations that occurred throughout the major cities of Nigeria, um, accompanied by um, vociferous um, outrage on social media platforms like, like Twitter. And, and this month brings memories of the solidarity protests and demonstrations by Nigerians um, in Nigeria and the Nigerians in diaspora, Across other parts of the country of the world, and then our sympathisers as well in in the major cities across the world, and you know also the memory of the protest is is so notable for its patronage by a demographic that is made of entirely young African Nigerians, you know, and the movement has since expanded to. Include demands for good accountability and, and, and governance from our leaders. So, it's it's a really a lot of, of thinking to do. Um, but we are we are fine. Oh, we'll get over it. We're strong. Um, there's a saying: Blacks don't crack. So we are we're actually not cracking. We're still firm and believing that our country will be um, better in, in the nearest future.
0: Absolutely. Well, and, and and I certainly am glad to hear you say that um, you're celebrating through rest because I know that that's a, a lesson that so many of us can learn from. Um, but also in the same breath, you know, that that celebrating a holiday like today, um, it doesn't surprise me knowing our, our precinct Nigerian alumni that you're um, stepping forward and, and um, just thinking and referencing of this incredible movement um, that the youth of Nigeria have contributed to really on a global scale um, yeah. and, and give you a lot of credit and, and the community, a lot of credit for the voice that you've had um, standing in solidarity with so many around the world. Um, so mm-hmm. thank you for that. And, and thank you for taking this opportunity to celebrate in, in such a, a civic-minded way. Toby, could you just tell us a little bit more about the reality uh, of what it is like for those families who have a child uh, that is living with cerebral palsy?
2: Nigeria has a very high cerebral palsy report one in every 90 children that is born in Nigeria is diagnosed with cerebral palsy, which means that every year we're diagnosing at least 50,000 kids. And so my question became, what happens in 10 years to these children? And by that point we have half a million people. Uh, what's the plan? Right. And so, on the back of that, the foundation started. And yes, it's been blood, sweat, and tears, but amazing work still.
0: Of course, of course. And I think it's just incredible um, and such a testament to your leadership that you can take a challenge that you see in your community every day um, and then decide, you know, I have a, a way to help here and, and I want to create a better future here. And that's exactly what you're doing. Um, a model certainly that we can all learn from. Um, You said one in 90 children born in Nigeria are born with cerebral palsy. Um, And so Mm -hmm. can you explain to us just briefly uh, a little bit more what it's like to be one of those children living in Nigeria uh, with cerebral palsy? What are are the realities faced on a day-to-day basis? Okay, so first of all,
2: if you live with cerebral palsy in Nigeria, up until about five, six, seven years ago, most people did not even know what cerebral palsy was. So you were just a cripple. That's what you were, just a cripple. Most people didn't know what cerebral palsy was. Most people did not have the language to describe it. So we, so it was generally just under the umbrella of the word cripple, right? And so, automatically, if you're, quote unquote, crippled, um, you are supposed to be a beggar on the streets. So, we, I mean, we still have beggars on the street, and that's kind of where you're supposed to be. Um, the, the society is not accessible in any way. I mean, talk about architectural accessibility, Talk about access to health care, talk about access to education. It's, it's just not there. You're not expected to even aspire to those things, right? Why on earth are you talking about accessible transportation? Where the heck is a cripple going? Right? Um, education, really? Why does a cripple want to go to school? So it's a constant fight of defending your right to exist in spaces that society says that you don't deserve to exist in so you're constantly fighting to even exist in the space. then when you finally get existence then you're fighting for the space to work for you and so it's in
0: everything i mean name it Thank you, Toby. And and now, Ray, over to you. Um, just a little bit more, if you could give us some context of the role of the Initiative for National Growth and how you've come in alongside Toby and let Cerebral Palsy Kids learn uh, to really build this partnership. Tell us a little bit about uh, the work of ING and then also some of the outcomes that you've both uh, been able to achieve over the last couple of years.
1: Okay, so basically, um, Initiative for National Growth is. Also known as Special Needs Initiative for Growth, um, we are based in Nigeria, and um, one of the greatest, um, you know, leverage that we do or, or thematic areas that we focus on is using demand-driven technology, um, policy advocacy. And career development to empower persons with disability and and basically one of the things that we enjoy or, or we're proud of doing is ensuring that once they're, they're trained we look out for organizations who are willing to hire them so that they can get an, an access to, to opportunities like internships or jobs or even small enterprise grants so basically um, we also um, have been proud or honored or humble enough to um, get um, some awards internationally. We are also located in the heart of Nigeria, which is Lagos State, and um, most of our work are channeled around persons with Down syndrome, autism spectrum disorder, cerebral palsy, visual impairment just creates opportunities for them that will enable them improve not just their livelihood but also um the caregivers who could be the families around persons with disability that leads us to where i and um Toby be together to empower mothers as low-income mothers with cerebral uh, palsy because we believe that not just empowering persons with disabilities enough but also the people who take care of them are also very um imperative because if they are not taken care of, if they're not provided the right opportunities, they won't be able to provide the right social, educational, and social intervention for their kids. In January 2019, um, I and Toby started talking about a critical area that needed critical attendance in the area of children with special needs. In this case, children with cerebral palsy. And that was providing basic support for low-income mothers with children with cerebral palsy. Um, The reason is because um, the birth of a child with cerebral palsy destabilizes the mother. And this could cause the mom to feel unsupported and become overwhelmed. And then they could have contradictory feelings like, why did I have this child? What do I do next? so deception follows sadness revolts are all of the feelings that this mother could have about on having the child with cerebral palsy and these mothers are stressed about the lack of time for pleasurable activities and the need to give up professional activities which could lead them to having fewer financial resources um this affects their mental health which makes it more difficult for them to go into economic activities that will help their special needs child and they are faced with a lot of financial responsibilities regarding the child's medical care the social and economic and educational support leaving these mother's to be isolated to actually focus on the career path that would put food food on their tables and enable them to support um, their own child so that was why in 2019 till date I and Toby decided to empower and provide Seed capital to low-income mothers of cerebral palsy children. That's um, just making them to successfully um, get a business, and once once that business is like they must have a business. That's one of the criteria, and we ensure to provide them basic skills around business development, um, how to pitch, um, online branding, bookkeeping, manners. Um, basic customer relationship, um, how to be able to um, put their business on, on, on digital platforms like Google My Business, Facebook pages, um, um, Instagram page, and all of that, because we really don't have any idea on how to do that. And we also simultaneously prefer STEM and add skills to their cerebral palsy children so that we can improve their cognitive flexibility and develop their leadership skills. Um, we also prefer financial technology that is closing the credit gap for low-income female entrepreneurs. Um, this is like a FinTech solution and data management for their, for this women's business growth through online investments after sales. And this mothers on the go, um capacity building on the fundamentals of digital marketing and IT entrepreneurship. This is very important for I and Toby because um, the mothers experience challenges which affects them physically, emotionally, and financially, like I said earlier. and The project has enabled us to train, monitor, and evaluate 30 Nigerian low-income mothers from 2019 who are now independent and able to sustain themselves through their businesses and provide the right social, medical, and educational intervention for their cerebral palsy children.
0: I, I just can't imagine how you keep all those different things moving at one time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm struck by the level of partnership and the level of multi-sector engagement maybe would be another way to put it, um, that it really takes to make this happen, um, to uh, support those that are living with special needs, living with disabilities. Um, and I'm struck by how you and Toby both, your emphasis is on that word living, right, um, all those. Things that um, not only the children but also their entire families need in order to um, continue to live and continue to thrive, um, facing the same challenges that that many of us face in our businesses and and just in carrying on day to day life and then some.
2: When Rachel came to me in twenty nineteen, and said, "I want to do a." I want to work with you to empower parents. No, she said, I want to work with you to empower mothers of children with cerebral palsy. I remember pausing and thinking, wow, okay. And she was like, I kind of just want to understand what are their needs. And I started to really first laugh because I was like, listen, let me give you context. 80% of the families that I serve a single mother families because of the stigma of having a child with cerebral palsy the fathers have just walked and left so these mothers are left alone to raise these children without any social um, safety nets to call on or to use now if you're a single parent of a child with a disability somehow your child needs to Eat right, your child needs to be fed, medical bills need to paid, therapy bills need to paid, which means you have to kind of find a job somehow. Now, if you're gonna find a job, that means that it has to be child care, you have to be able to find child care. Now, guess what? The average daycare center is not going to take that child from you because stigma. So what does a mother do when she can't find childcare? For well, she needs to go to work. What does she do? How does she earn an income if she can't find childcare? Therefore, a lot of these parents become accidental business people, accidental entrepreneurs. They start small businesses that they can do from the comfort of their homes so that it does not stop them from taking care of their children. But because they're accidental business owners, they have no clue what it takes to even run a business successfully. And so the business eventually crashes and so they're back to square one. And Rachel was like, wow, okay, this is where you know, we can do this together. If we take a certain number of mothers every year, and then give them the small business development skills, and then maybe give them a small grant so that they can start these businesses and then they know how to grow it and how to make it sustainable, then they they will be able to care for their children better.
0: Right, and and just to kind of tie this back to what you had said earlier, um, you know, you have the barriers of the stigma Around having a child or really any family member living with uh, a disability or with cerebral palsy. Um, on top of that, you have things like the financial impacts, um, the, the mm-hmm. need for healthcare, that type of thing. And then on top of that, you have this um, challenge of doing something difficult with your life, like entrepreneurship, that so many of us need help with, right? I, I mean, I think that's something that, um, you know, yeah, is a widespread challenge. And so it, it just seems like the barriers um, that could be insurmountable, um, you're there and ready to tackle them all and, and at all levels and, and um, I, I just am really grateful for the work that you and, and Rachel are both doing um, you know tirelessly to make sure that, that you know you don't stop at any one of those checkpoints um, and helping, These families and these children, and so thank you so much for that, and and thank you for the inspiration that you give uh, each one of us.
2: It's my
0: pleasure.
2: We can only do what we can actually.
0: All right. Well, that's it for our conversation today, Uh, Toby Ray. Thank you both so much for being here. Uh, This has been an incredible conversation. I'm inspired by the two of you, and, and just want to reiterate how grateful we are to have you as members of this presidential precinct network working to make our world a better place. Um, That's all for today's episode. Join us next time here on the Global Founders Podcast.